You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. All right, so the title of my sermon tonight is Give Anyway. Now, for some of us, this is second nature, but I think the, these examples in the Bible, um, and turn to, turn to chapter 15 of the book of Matthew, um, and then also get a finger in Mark chapter 6. So we're going to be in two different places, starting in Matthew 15. Um, but like I said, for some of us, it comes naturally to give and just to keep giving. It just, it's, it's just who we are. But for some of us, and I think there's examples in the Bible for, for many reasons is that it doesn't come naturally for us to just keep giving. When we feel like we have nothing left to give, we choose ourselves, unfortunately. Um, so I, I, I've given a devotional about giving anyway um, and gave an example out of chapter 15 of Matthew, but when I prayed about what to preach tonight, this came back to mind, and um, the correlation between chapter 15 of Matthew and Mark 6. Um, as a parent, there have been many times when I've spent all day working, especially when I worked at the plant overnights for 12 hours, sometimes 16 hours, um, and I came home and I had nothing left to give. And I'm sure many people, especially in the farming, can understand that. And, and just there's a lot of different jobs where you work all day and you have difficult people you work with and there's situations that happen during your workday and you come home and the last thing you want to do is work. <laughs> The last thing you want to do is help somebody when they're in need, and you just you feel like you're owed that rest. And, you know, the Bible does say that it's important to rest. God rested on the seventh day after he created the world. So resting isn't necessarily a bad thing. But when, when it's time, when somebody has need, we need to choose to give anyway. And without fail, in, in many times, my kids would come to me asking to play, asking for help with something, Something trivial, probably, or wanting to spend time with me. You know, time is more important than so many things. Maybe you're not physically doing something, but the time with them is important to them. And in that moment, I have often, you know, had nothing left to give. And I imagine Jesus, in chapter 15, felt the same way when he went up into the mountain to pray, to get away after spending all day working and teaching. Um, And Jesus, as we know in the Bible, often went up into the mountain to pray, to recharge, to spend time with his father, and, and to, to get the, the energy he needed to go back into his ministry. But as we see here in a moment, just like my kids would ask of me when nothing was left in the tank, the multitude found Jesus to ask more of him. And I, I think that was there for us. That was there for us to see what Jesus would have done in that situation. Let's pray, and then we will get into scripture. Lord, I thank you for this message. I thank you for being an example to us throughout the Gospels. I thank you for um, just every single thing you've said and, and the impact you've had just in, in that multitude, that crowd, but not only that, but how you've just rippled throughout all of time since then and the effects you've had in your plan, your perfect timing. Lord, I, I pray that tonight is, and I know it is, it's, it, you ordain people to be here. You purposed for some people to be here tonight to hear this message in order for that they would give anyway. They would see what it is you chose so that they could love more like you love, Lord. You give and give and give, and sometimes we don't appreciate, Lord, but I, I pray that we have a heart to give. I pray that we have a heart to love like you love, to see people the way you see people and see their needs 
and give. And through that, Lord, I know that you bless because it's proven throughout the entire Bible that you bless people that follow your commandments. Lord, I pray that tonight you speak through me. I pray that the words here are not just words that I'm speaking, but it is, it's your holy scripture, Lord, and it will divide the, the walls that are, are built up in our hearts, Lord. I pray that it will, they will fall, and I pray that they will no longer be there, and we will just have a heart to serve, Lord, and to give and to reach out and to love people and to show the world who you are in the trying times that are coming. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Matthew 15, verses 1 through 2, Jesus spent time teaching and preaching. The Pharisees in the beginning said they, they tested him. And so he went into some parables, and then he taught the multitudes. He, he expounded on Scripture. He gave them examples of, of just doctrine, right? So he, he gave them teaching. And teachers know what it's like to teach all day long, <laughs> Especially, and I'm imagining at, at this time, because of the timing of things, he started from the moment the sun came, the sun came up to when the sun was starting to set. He, they, he spent the entire day in the heat teaching in the wilderness, right? They didn't have air conditioning like we do. They didn't have comfy chairs. They were outside. So then we go into um, verses 21 through 38. So I wanted to give you some context here because... He just spent the entire day teaching. And in Matthew 6, we're going to see a correlation between what Jesus chose to do here and what he expected of his disciples. So in verse 21, then Jesus went then. So from where he was teaching, he, he went and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. Now, I want to pause there for a second because... Remember, he just got done spending his entire day working, and now somebody needs him again. <laughs> so, so he's choosing here. We see immediately what he decides to do. He, it says in verse 23, but he answered her not a word, and his disciples came. So I think that he did this on purpose. He, he at first didn't say anything, gave his disciples an opportunity. They came and besought him, saying, send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. Lord, I need you here. I need need you to heal and take care of my daughter, right? So he could have done what the world would have done or what the disciples just suggested he would do and send her away. But what did Jesus do? He answered and said, it is not meat to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. That's kind of a strange thing to say when she asks for help, right? But She said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. So it wasn't very difficult. You know, it was something simple. Hey, Daddy, I need a little bit of time with you right now. I have a question, right? To him, this was simple. This was not a lot of effort. But immediately, her daughter was made whole from that very hour. And Jesus departed from thence. So now... He helped somebody, and he's like, okay, I'm going to go rest. He departed from thence and came nigh unto the Sea of Galilee and went up into a mountain and sat down there. He took time to rest, which clearly he needed. He just worked an entire day. And I imagine that the the level of teaching, man, if you could have been there listening to his preaching, I bet it was not a simple message. I bet he was passionate about it. He was intense about it. And when you see a passionate preacher they're starting to pour sweat, or I've seen, I've seen preachers come, and their veins are bulging, and they're popping, and they have no voice when they leave. 
Jesus did this all day long, <laughs> right? So now he took time to rest and he needed it. But in verse 30, and great multitudes came unto him, having with them those that were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and many others, and cast them down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them. He just got done working, and now the entire multitude came and found him to ask for more, right? And he healed them. He didn't say, I need time. I need to spend time with my father. I, I, I think of myself, and unfortunately there are times when um, I will put, I need to go pray, I need to spend time in the word instead of putting them first. There's a balance there. Jesus could have at that point said, I have to go pray. I have to spend time with my father. But no, he healed them. That's what he did. He chose to love and to give, even though he probably needed some time to recoup. Now, verse 31, insomuch that the multitude wondered when they saw the dumbs to speak, the maimed to be whole, the lame to walk, and the blind to see, and they glorified the God of Israel. They saw miracles happen. <laughs> Jesus could have chose to go pray. Instead, he chose to lead more to Christ, yeah. to heal more people, to show who God is and his love. And that is what we need to do. So when we have that choice in our, in our midst of whether to show God's love to somebody or to choose ourselves, we need to choose to show God's love because that is far more important. And that's what Jesus showed us here. Verse 32, Then Jesus called his disciples unto him and said, I have compassion on the multitude because they continue with me now three days and have nothing to eat. They haven't eaten. That's how long he's been teaching them, for three days straight. And I will not send them away fasting, lest they faint in the way. Now, below here we see he feeds the five thousand or the 3,000, sorry, 4,000 men besides women and children. And that is a miracle. So <laughs> he, he taught all day. He healed a woman that needed him. Then he, he healed a multitude again. And then he fed a multitude. <laughs> it's like... That was a long day, and he worked hard, and, and that is our example. Now, <clears throat> if, we, if you're like me, maybe you've uttered these words on more than one occasion, but if they ask me to do one more thing, <laughs> right? It's like, uh, just seriously, one more time? Like, I swear, if they ask me one more thing, I'm not going to do it. That's our hearts, unfortunately. That is the world's heart, is to choose ourselves. The world tells us to love ourselves first, right? That is a horrible thing to say. <laughs> like, I mean, there, we need to choose to see ourselves the way God sees us. That's important because God loves us. We need to understand God's love for us, but we should be putting others before ourselves. If we love on other people, blessings and miracles will happen. God will use that opportunity. They could be anyone. If they ask me to do one more thing, they could be anyone trying to add one more thing to your plate. Anyone needing more than you feel like you could give. And that happens a lot. <laughs> that happens more than we would like to say. But have you ever had a time when, when your schedules were packed and all you wanted was a little rest from rushing around only to have someone call you up and ask for your help? You just got home. <laughs> like, I can imagine. Okay, so there's times I've done this to them. Back there, he's laughing because it's happened. He's probably like, seriously? <laughs> I've called him, and I've said, hey, I need, I, I need your help real quick. And, and there's others that have done that too, but it's like, that's happened to us, right? We can relate to that. Now, it's not always easy to find the time and the energy to say, yes, I'm on the way. Or, yes, come over, I'll help you. Because you're exhausted. <laughs> Maybe you're delirious by this point. 
The result of saying yes, though, in that situation can be miraculous. Now, going and helping that person in need can be the difference of someone's spirit being hurt and broken and feeling alone in their situation. Maybe they, they don't know Jesus yet to becoming someone being blessed through us. We need to be an example. We are an example, whether it's good or bad, of who God is to the world, who God is to our families. So if we choose to love them, they see Christ through us, right? right. So that is important. We have to do this. So in, in, in the face of this situation, when we have nothing to give, we choose to give anyway. Helping others when we feel we have nothing left can ignite a fire, not only in that person, but in us when we see what God can do through it. It's a reminder of how God works. <laughs> and, and we don't want to rob we, don't, we can't rob God of opportunities, but we do choose things over God, and God waits again and waits again. And thankfully, he's merciful and in waiting, but he keeps opening doors for us and giving us opportunities. And unfortunately, sometimes it takes us years to see that opportunity and actually act on it. The, I, unfortunately, the first eight years of my marriage, I chose me over my wife every time. <laughs> and I... I feel horrible about it because she could have left me. <laughs> Praise God she didn't because he gave me opportunities, but I hurt that woman. And it took me too long, too long to see that her needs were more important than mine. And God kept opening doors and kept opening doors and brought me to a camp. And I still hurt her while I was there, but thankfully we left there changed <laughs> because God was there and God gave me an opportunity to choose her over me. And I'm thankful I did it because then other things opened up. Now, 2 Corinthians 12.9 says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. When we feel we have nothing left, when we feel weak and incapable, guess what? God is there. God is in the weaknesses in our lives. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Rest is a necessity and actually something God desires for us. But when we are weak, there God is. There are God-ordained circumstances when he has something else in mind. We may think it's something trivial when somebody calls us up and says, Hey, I need your help right now. We'll be like, I don't got time right now, right? But God has a plan with that. God can use that in a huge way that we could never have imagined. That could be the difference, right, between their salvation or them committing suicide that night. We have no idea the situation they're in when they called us. The fact that they even called us says something. Now, feeding, the feeding of the 4,000 in the Gospel of Matthew and the 5,000 in the Gospel of Mark are familiar stories to us. But the events right before caught my attention. I thought it was really interesting. There's an interesting parallel to these verses. Um, so turn to Matthew 6. In, sorry, Mark 6. Turn to Mark 6. When Jesus here, in the very beginning, he sent his disciples on a mission. This is where he sends them out two by two to minister to the people. In Mark 6, verse 12, it says... And they went out and preached that men should repent. And they cast out many devils and anointed with oil many that were sick and healed them. So they worked all day. They were out healing. They were out preaching. They were out teaching. They were casting out 
devils. They were anointing people. They were helping people that were sick. They were healing people. This is a, a lot of work, right? This is what, something very similar to what Jesus just did in Matthew 15. He spent all day doing this, and now he asked his disciples to do the same thing. So they did, right? But then we see, if you go down to verse 30, they returned. And the apostles gathered themselves together unto Jesus and told him all things. They expounded on him what, what transpired and how things went, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said unto them, Come ye yourselves apart into a, a, into a desert place and rest a while. Right? So he said, Now let's rest. Okay? For there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure so as much as much to eat. So at this point, let's put ourselves in the disciples' shoes. They were thinking probably, rest. <laughs> Finally, okay, like, we're on board with that because we just spent all day working. But just when the disciples found a comfortable spot to nap, the crowds found them. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> they're doing what their teacher just did. They wanted rest. And they deserved it, right? And God even said, let's go rest. But God probably already knew what was about to happen. They, were, they just got ready to take a nap, and the crowds found them. Look in verse 34. And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people and was moved with compassion toward them. He could have, again, chose to let his disciples rest and could have chose to separate themselves and say, no, wait. But... He was moved with compassion toward them. Now, an interesting thing to note there is compassion is, is an action here. Okay, So when we have compassion, we see a need. He saw their need in this situation. He saw their hunger, their, their need for him, his love, and he acted on it. That's what compassion is. It's an action to move to meet the needs of somebody. Right. So... It says, was moved with compassion toward them because they were as sheep not having a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And interestingly, the passage doesn't say whether the disciples felt any sympathy for the people. But at least they didn't have to do anything, or so they thought. (laughs) Because what's about to happen is the same thing in Matthew 15. After Jesus finished teaching the crowd, it was late. And and the sun was going down. It was about dinner time. Then... He says the unthinkable to the disciples, you feed them. <laughs> They're like, really? We just spent all day out in the hot sun teaching and healing and preaching and, and doing what you asked us to do. And you said to go rest. And now you're going to ask us to go work again? Like, come on, Lord. But look at verse 37. He answered and said unto them, give ye them to eat. And they say unto him, shall we go and buy 200 penny worth of bread and give them to eat? So, if, if that was me, in the hot sun all day long and teaching, I would have probably had, I would have been beside myself and had a million thoughts going through my head. And, you know, I probably would have asked Jesus, being that my temperament, if you guys were a part of the apostle lessons, each apostle had a different attribute. Peter often spoke out of turn and just went on, flying off the handle. He probably, in that situation, I can imagine, would have, would have asked Jesus something. He, he probably would have said, why would Jesus ask this of me? I just accomplished all these things for him, and now he wants me to go do this. Like, really? Jesus may not be asking me personally or you to feed a crowd. But 
we have to realize that we often have times in our lives when we have our own feed them moments. Jesus calls us to take care of them when they call us. When our kids come to us and say, I need to spend time with you, or I have a question, or I don't understand something, or a coworker sit, comes over and you know, is, is talking to you when you're slammed at work and you don't have time to spend you know, focusing on them, um, maybe you've planned a trip for months and months and, and you're excited, but then the kids are too sick to go on that trip and you have to cancel the whole thing. Or a friend needs, needs help at midnight and you just spent all day working and look forward to finally getting some sleep, what little sleep you might actually be getting. That's happened to me many times where I'm like, I'm getting up in four hours and you want me to do what right now? Like, seriously, no, I can't. <laughs> but in those moments, that is the, the moment where Jesus says, you feed them, you go take care of them. You need to sustain them with my love. When we feel like we have nothing left to give, God does. God has something to give here, right? Amen. It's not of us. It's not in our weakness in that moment. We probably don't have anything to bring to, that table, bring to the table to feed them. We have nothing left to offer. But in that moment, God probably aligned that moment and asked them to come and ask that question of you. So we need to choose to give anyway. This is a beautiful thing about the Christian life. When we are weak, he is strong. When we are weak, which is often, he is strong. Okay? When God asks something of us, we just have to say yes. The rest is up to him at that point. He's, he's in control of the whole thing, and that's when, the amazing, when amazing things can happen. Now, I didn't give you much time to think about this, but Matthew chapter 6, and you, you don't have to turn here. You can stay in... in Matthew uh, Mark 6, because we will finish out here, but if you want to turn here, Matthew 6, 24 through 34, I had to include this because this, this is an example, a, a parable of, or this isn't a parable, sorry, this is just a lesson from Jesus about us thinking that our needs to be, need to be met and we need to take care of it in that situation. Matthew 6, 24, Jesus said, no man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, whether you'll get four hours of sleep, whether you'll have enough energy for tomorrow, whether you have the time to spend with your kids, whether you have a moment to spend with that coworker that might need to see an example of some love right now. Right. Therefore I say unto you, don't worry about these things, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air. Look at the birds, for they sow not. They don't plan ahead. Neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Don't I love you more than birds? <laughs> I chose you over birds. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? What can you add to your life that I can't add? <laughs> right? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. They're not worried about what they're wearing or how beautiful they are, because I make them beautiful. Whether if God so, or wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? So in that moment, when they call you and say, hey, I need you right now, in that moment, we're thinking, we won't have time for it. We, we won't get the sleep we need. But God says, oh, ye of little faith, 
I will provide. I will take care of you. In the moments when I was clearly called to come back to church, and I was working night shift, Saturday through Wednesday, 4 p.m. to 4 a.m., I'll get off at 4 a.m. on Saturday or Sunday morning, and I had to make a decision. Will I go to sleep right now? I deserve some sleep. I just worked 12 hours. Like, or will I start going to church again? And thank God he would not let me go until I chose to come back to church and start hearing the gospel again. Hearing the word of God and letting him work in my life. And I'm, I'm thankful because in that moment I was worried about whether I'd have the energy to go work again the next night, 4 p.m. I'd leave church, maybe get an hour of sleep if I got lucky, and then go back to work. So I had to make a decision, and God blessed me through that. He says in verse 31, Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. God knows what we need, especially if he's planned a situation where he gives you an opportunity to give and to love somebody. He knows your need in that moment, and he will provide for that need. Verse 33, But seek ye first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So when we seek to serve, and to minister, and to love, and to give, and pour ourselves out, and pour the agape love that God is pouring through us out to another person, then he will take care of the rest. He will provide for those needs that we feel like we deserve to take care of ourselves. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Now let's look at the end of the story in Mark 6. People are fed here. The disciples' faith was built. Our faith is built through the story. And maybe even a person in, in a situation when they call on us is saved. Mark 6, verse 42 and 43. It says... And they did all eat and were filled. They got what they needed because God planned for that. And it was a miracle, too. <laughs> and, it, and it added so much into the disciples. And they took up 12 baskets, the disciples. So they just got done working, and then they had to clean up. <laughs> Nobody wants to clean up after the party either, either after a long day. But they did. They, had, they took up 12 baskets full of the fragments and of the fishes. The crowd walked away full, and the disciples did too, and in more the way than one. So not only are we pouring blessings into another person when we choose to love them and to give anyway, but God is, is pouring love into us, and we walk away from that blessed. <laughs> we walk away from that with God saying, okay, you were faithful with this little thing. Now let me give you another opportunity, right? We may not think our, we have a ministry where we're preaching, or we're teaching the Bible to somebody, but those little moments when somebody asks for our help is our ministry. God's put us in that spot. He's ordained us to be a father, to be a husband, to be a, a, a loving co-worker, a light in, in a crowd of people that are, are scared for their lives in, in society. I mean, God ordains these situations, and we are the, an example of who God is, right? So we need to be that example. We need to choose not ourselves, but to give anyway. 